The luck of the Irish also has a dark side. Among the Irish, some legends of little people come with a twinkle in the eye, and others, well, they don't want to talk about it. There's a whole host of fairy beings that people in Ireland don't like to admit they might believe in, but to avoid a sudden spell of bad luck, they won't dismiss them as fiction either. Two of my tour guide friends from opposite ends of Ireland are back with us now on Travel with Rick Steves to risk breaking an Irish taboo and tell us about the fairies of Ireland. Stephen McPhillamy hails from Derry up in the north, and Barry Maloney lives in Kinsale down in County Cork. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks, Rick. Barry, when you, when you think about fairies, what is it about fairies in Ireland? Uh, how is that connected with the culture? Um, fairies in Ireland, to sum them up, they can be good friends and bad enemies. And there's two sides to them. There's the stereotypical, the Walt Disney fairies, the leprechauns. That's kind of a twee commercial version of it. But the reality is there's a dark side to the reality of the folklore around Irish fairies. And what is that? Supposedly, we're not even meant to talk about them or mention them. So we're, we're just, probably drawing them on to us now, you know? Just between you and me, we'll hope between, you're not listening. <laughs> between you and me, the reality of them in description in old Irish folklore, number one, they're not small and with wings, hiding under mushrooms, things like that. They're actually more human size, and they bring bad luck to people. Huh. For example, the most famous legend about fairies is they can steal your children away and replace your children with fairy children, which are old decrepit fairies in the form of a baby, looking like your baby. So you wouldn't even know, but then your child is possessed by this fairy. Exactly, the stolen child. Oh, that's serious business. Serious business. Stephen McPhillamy, what is the role of uh, the fairy in Irish culture? Well, you see, the fairies in our culture are very present, you know, very prevalent. Uh, There are a lot of us in Ireland who don't really believe in fairies. I don't know if it's safe for me to say that. I mean, I come from the north of Ireland where you have more to fear from the living than the dead. So the fairies are not really of any, hold any fear for me. But that being said, anywhere I travel in the world, or you say you're from Ireland, people will often say, tell us about the fairies. And I find, as a tour guide too, people are always very curious, particularly American visitors. Whereas, say, like Australian visitors, you know, people from that part of the New World don't seem to be too interested in the fairies and don't really believe in them, whereas people in North America seem very open to the idea of fairies. Ireland is a very Catholic country. It's probably a more church-going country than many places in Europe. Uh, Barry, do, are there actual educated, modern Irish people that actually factor in this belief in fairies into their outlook? There's no doubt if you ask, say, 100 Irish people, 100 of them will say they don't believe in fairies. But subconsciously, we do. In other words put them to the test and put them out in a place where you say is associated with fairies, a fairy ring or a fairy fort, and leave them there at midnight, and they won't stay very long. You know, they'll come running out. You know, that's interesting because there are these fairy forts, these prehistoric, mysterious stone circles and so on that are Mm -hmm. overgrown and they look mystical. Mm -hmm. And I understand that uh, Irish people have actually gone to great expense to build roads around these things so they don't violate the fairy fort. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's bad luck to interfere with them, move stones from them. An even more famous example is a fairy tree. Legend has it, that's where the fairies gather. And in County Clare, the county council actually steered a road around the fairy tree. Around the tree? Around the tree, because a local folklorist (laughs) stopped them and nobody wanted to take the chance. We reckon in Ireland, there's only so much good luck in your life. And why complicate things? Why take a risk? So... Don't mess with that fairy tree. But no. once upon a time, I was on the burn in County Clare and we were doing a tour with a local guide and the local guide had spent an hour talking about the flora and the fauna 
and he asked the group, do you have any questions? And the one hand went up and said, have you ever seen a leprechaun? The guide went absolutely nuts. He was furious that he'd been asked about <laughs> leprechauns. And he said to the, the tourists, he said, what do you think I am? He said, I'm, I'm a citizen in a modern republic. I'm a university-educated taxpayer. The only thing you ask me about is leprechauns. So he went nuts. So there's a sizable amount of the population don't like this association with fairies. And But as I mentioned, it's a big intrinsic part of our culture. Because Walt Disney made a movie, you see, called Darby O'Gill and the Little People back in the 1950s. And it had a very handsome young Sean Connery in it. And Walt Disney had this King of the Leprechauns. I think he was called King Brian. And after that, people sort of associated Ireland with these little green men. I see. So it's always there. Like we had a poet back in the 1800s called William Allingham. And he wrote a poem about our sort of fear of the unknown, the fear of fairies and their suspicions. And he said, Up the airy mountain, down the rushing glen, we dare not go a-hunting for fear fear of of little men. men. (laughs) <laughs> that was in the, that was in the first Willy Wonka movie as well. We all had to learn that poem. That's cool. Yeah. Is that right? This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about fairies, and we're joined by Stephen McPhillamy and Barry Maloney, two Irishmen who say that out of a hundred Irishmen, nobody will will claim they believe in fairies, but they won't mess with a fairy's tree or a fairy's fort. Our phone number is eight seven seven three 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 seven four two five, and you can email us at radio at ricksteves dot com. Eileen in Kent, Washington, emailed us, and she wrote, While visiting Ireland in May, my cousins took me to a fairy stone near Logur in Limerick. I was told to place a few coins on the stone and make a wish. As soon as I made my wish, the sky suddenly blackened and heavy rain and wind began. We ran to the car, and just as I got to the car, the wind and rain stopped and the sky cleared. I was told that the fairies wanted me out of their ring. That's an interesting... uh, example mm, of an definitely. Irish person that really can attribute yeah. crazy weather or whatever. Yeah, and you can draw parallels. I mean, in America, you could draw parallels to people who believe in UFOs. Some people do. Sure. Or in Caribbean, you could speak about voodoo. People don't mess with voodoo. Mary's on the phone in Boynton Beach, Florida. Mary, thanks for your call. Nice to talk to you. And do you have a comment or a question for Stephen or Barry about fairies? Yes. Um, actually, I was wondering uh, how can you recognize the fairy fort? Or, but I'm actually now more interested in how do I know if it's a fairy tree? Oh, yeah. Well, the fairy trees are usually hawthorn or white thorn. Okay. And in May, you'll see them and they've got a, a white flower. But not all hawthorn trees are fairy trees. Basically, if you ask locally. If you ever drive you know, through Ireland, you see this lush green field and in the middle of it, there's this haggard little blackthorn or hawthorn tree. Mm-hmm. And you're wondering why it's not cut down. 99% chance it's a fairy tree. People have just thought, leave that leave one Leave that alone. one tree. Probably some reason a long time ago where that. There is a local story. The Irish government in the 30s collected folklore and a local story kept reoccurring around Ireland of a man who actually wanted to cut a branch from one of those trees. Mm-hmm. And as the saw sunk into the wood, he looked back towards his house across the valley and it was on fire. So he ran home. There was no fire. He went back. He cut again. The fire struck off again. He ran back, no fire. But the third time, he actually cut the branch, went home, and his house was burned to the ground. So he was actually warned by the fairy. Warned, yeah, before he cut the oh, branch. baby. So. All right, Mary, does that Gotta give you a little insight? One other real quick question, if that's all right. I actually uh, just moved back from Ireland. I lived there for four years in County Clare, as a matter of fact. I've been fascinated by the fairies 
since I lived there. And the architectural uh, piece to this, uh, I know of a school, and this is highly educated people, a very well-run school, and they were doing an addition to it, and there was some added expense because they had to build this addition so that they did not disturb either a fairy fort or a fairy tree. And I was wondering just how prevalent is this kind of thing with the architecture with architects when they are designing buildings and yeah, I think anyway. I think the reality <laughs> I think the reality is it's not thought, it's not too commonplace. Your average architect in Ireland wouldn't design a building to make way for the ferries. Although I've seen it happening in uh, in Hong Kong and it happens in in Iceland and places like that, but in Ireland not always. But the thing is, if you were to if you were to not take into consideration the ferries and you built your school or you built your highway or something and then something went wrong, all the critics, of course, would say, well, yeah. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Thanks for your call, Mary. Well, thank you so much. Okay, bye now. Enjoy Be careful it. of the fairies. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye now. Barbara's on the line in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. Barbara, thanks for your call. Yes, thanks so much. It's been very interesting listening to your program. I'm wondering with young people in Ireland today, how are they taught about the fairies? Are they taught in school or is there just... Um, the yeah, how do these the uh, traditions continue? That's yeah, a in, very good question. Yeah, in school and for children, the emphasis is less on the dark side, more on the light-hearted, entertaining, literal stories. So the more entertainment value of the fairy stories. Because some of the stories can be quite dark. Like, I think the origins of these stories often was to give some sort of social control. You know, if you had children mm-hmm. back in the 1800s and you mm-hmm. didn't want them going near the river, mm-hmm. you told them the river fairies would grab them. You know, yeah. back then, children were outside playing all the time in the fields and uh, in the forests, and they weren't inside playing computer games, so you had to keep them safe when there was no parents yeah, around. Yeah. Parents or fairies acted as a very serious and valid method of controlling kids and keeping them safe. Or like uh, the foxglove, it's a poisonous flower. Mm-hmm. And the legend about that is that these flowers, each flower piece looks like a little, a small glove for a child. So children would like to play with those and put them on their fingers, but it's poisonous. They have digitalis on it, so the legend is that the fairies use those to put them on the fox's feet. So oh, that's can, so a very he, practical thing So they can sneak into the farm, steal yeah. the chicken from the farmer. So they're dangerous to mess with because the fairies, they're the fairies' flowers. So it keeps the kids away from those poisonous flowers. So the fairy legend saved a lot of children a lot of grief. Mm-hmm. Barbara, thanks for your call. Yes, thank you. We're talking with Barry Maloney and Stephen McPhillamy about fairies in Ireland. Barry and Stephen, there's a lot of different kinds of fairies. What's a Dullahan? The Dullahan is the sort of like the headless horseman, and right. I've never seen him up north because I think he's only a southern fairy. <laughs> <laughs> there are types of fairies you see that don't exist all over the country. They're so quite this regional. One, this one terrorizes the people in the south. What about a puka? Puka is a mischievous creature, something like the leprechaun. Mischievous, causing mischief around. Okay. The leprechaun is a cousin of the puka. We say leprechaun is a cobbler for the fairies. What about a changeling? Changeling, I mentioned earlier, it's a, a fairy creature that's been swapped for a human. Ah, that's Maybe where the fair- word changeling comes from. Okay, so you've been swapped out and then your child Sw- has an evil presence. Swapped out. Ooh. Your body will be the same, right. but your spirit will be with the fairies. And some people in Ireland would say you're away with the fairies, meaning you're, you're a little bit touched and, or and mad, you know. What about the, I've heard of the, the banshee. The banshee is the scariest of them all. The ban is woman and she means fairy. And she screams and she foretells of death, so you don't really want to be hearing her. But uh, the good news is only people with the name O or Mac can hear her, so you might be all right. 
<laughs> that's, that's fascinating. So only people O'Leary or O O'Malley yeah, or McHenry and yeah, so on. Yeah. yeah. But so she I'm has saying. she has uh, different appearances too. She she has long blonde hair and a white dress and uh, has a sort of transparent face, but up the north she has long blonde hair and she has the face of a fox. And she can turn her head 365 degrees. Ooh. Uh, 300, oh, what's that? Sorry, 360 degrees? 365, that's even worse. <laughs> Mark's calling from Nevada City in California. Mark, thanks for your call. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure to be on your program. Yeah, do you have a comment about fairies in Ireland? Yes, actually, I have met people who have actually encountered the fairy folk. I was staying at a bed and breakfast in uh, the little town called Cherryville, which is between Kildare Town and Monster Evan in County Kildare. And I got to know the uh, owners of the B&B quite well. And one night after dinner, I asked them about uh, the fairy folk. And the lady told me that there was a fairy fort not far from the B&B where she had actually seen the fairy folk uh, on a fairy fort I guess it was around twilight or so, and I thought this was very interesting, so I wanted to get more details and asked her, well, what do they look like? And she seemed to be rather surprised that I would ask such a thing. She felt that everybody, of course, knows what they look like, and she started to describe them. And then her husband came into the conversation, and he said, yes, uh, you know, they always look the same about 28 inches high, and uh, described the kind of coat they wore and the kind of hat they wore. And he said, at least that's the way they were when I saw them. Did did they both have the same story, same description? Both had the same description, saw them independently on different occasions. That'd be cool. And I began to think, maybe they're putting me on. Maybe because I tell folk tales myself, and I'm an actor, and I thought, you know, maybe they're just trying to see what I'll believe. But then they added a detail that proved the whole thing to me. The lady mentioned that one day her, her brother had been walking by the ferry fort, and suddenly he heard the sound of a large dog coming up behind him. He turned, looked, and there was no dog to be seen. But as he continued on past the ferry fort, he continued to hear the sound of this invisible dog walking close behind him. And, uh, you know, they said seeing the fairy folk was, you know, something that uh, was not any big surprise to them. But this invisible dog was something they couldn't understand. And having researched the topic of the Irish fairy folk a bit myself, I was able to explain the two of them that what uh, the brother had encountered may be one of the forms of the puka. Because one of the forms of the puka is a demon dog whose job it is to guard the fairy fort. Uh Sometimes Mm -hmm. he's invisible, sometimes he's actually seen, which you really don't want to see because he supposedly has eyes that burn like fire. And... uh, when they came up with uh, an allegedly true account of somebody experiencing uh, a form of the fairies 
whose job it is to guard the ferry fort in exactly the right place, that made me think that what they were telling me was absolutely true. That's a very interesting story, and I'd love to have that experience. It's yeah, enough to make a believer out of you. They were quite surprised when <laughs> I told them the story about the puka. I could tell quite clearly that they were uh, surprised by what I was telling them, and uh, wow. it made a believer out of me. Oh. I've also encountered two people who claim to have heard the banshee oh, before the death of someone in their family. Yeah. So uh, I've gone from being a skeptic to becoming a real believer. All right, uh-huh. Mark, uh-huh. That's, uh, those are stories for uh, food for thought there. Thanks for your call. Well, thank you so very much. All right, be careful next time you go to Ireland. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to encountering <laughs> the fairy folks the next time. All right, Any, that gives our trip an extra dimension, that's for sure. Take care, Mark. Okay. Thanks for your call. Thank you. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been learning about the Irish fairies, and we've been talking with Barry Maloney and Stephen McPhillamy. And um, Barry and Stephen, uh, do one of you have some sort of a just safeguard. So when I go to Ireland next time, I, I don't uh, meet the, the fairy of my nightmares. What can protect me from the fairies? Well, the safest way to protect yourself against the fairies is through avoidance. Don't talk about them, don't mention them, and avoid the times at which they're most prevalent. And those times are the borders between seasons, like May Day, 1st of May, that's when the fairies are moving, or the most famous one in the world, Halloween, mm-hmm. the transition between autumn and winter. Avoid those days when the fairies are busy and don't mention them. Don't mention them. Or use a code. If you want to refer to them, refer to them as the wee folk or the other crowd, but not directly as fairies. Okay, the wee folk. Thank you so much, Barry. Thank you so much, Stephen. uh, You'll be safe in Ireland. We'll be safe in Ireland. Each year, Rick Steves' tour guides take free-spirited travellers on escorted tours through England, Scotland, Ireland and beyond, one small group at a time. This year, we're featuring tours of the best of Ireland, the best of Scotland, the best of England and London. For a free catalogue and Rick's Tour Experience DVD, visit the tour pages at ricksteves.com.